Hey, what's happening? Ward Wrestling Live. We're here. We're back. Uh, good morning. And uh, we have another amazing wrestling mind in our country. It's uh, Coach Joe Uselin up in Troy, New York. He's the U.S. senior. He was a U.S. senior Greco All-American. He's the New York USAW coach. He is Suplus Pro. Hey, I didn't fuck it up. Suplus Pro Trainer. And he is the owner and founder of Kirby Training Center up in New York. And he's with us today. Coach Joe, what's up, man? Thank you so much for coming on. It's, a, it's an absolute honor to have you. Thanks for having me on. Give me a chance to talk about some Greco-Roman. Yeah, it'll be fun. I know uh, when I had um, when I had Dennis on over in uh, Mercy in Wisconsin or something, uh, he was like, you should get more Greco on. I'm like, I don't know anybody, Greco. You have to send them to me. I don't know oh. anybody folk style, freestyle. I don't, you know, I just, <laughs> just reach out and ask. So, but it's been good because I've gotten a few, uh, some pretty good, uh, pretty good Greco guys on. And um, uh, there's a guy I had on Terry Styles down in, uh, in Georgia and Betterman. Yeah. yeah uh, so it's been fun. I've gotten a few. I've gotten uh, the assistant coach up at Oregon State now. He's a, uh, a Greco Nate. guy. Yeah. Nate Angle, right? Yeah. So he's a Florida dude too. So that was cool. Um, but anyway, man, first of all, coach, I, I know you mentioned, I, I had asked you about your spot there, man, a beautiful place. Just uh, finally made the transition from downtown Troy into a, a huge space there. So uh, real cool. I mean, if, if anybody, uh, I believe it's kirbytraining.com, right? Kirbytrainingcenter.com. Yep. Kirbytrainingcenter.com. Check it out. A lot of cool stuff on there. Uh, you'll really be surprised at the website. It's pretty neat. Um, but man, uh, I know New York was kind of the the epicenter initially of this of this COVID. I know you're not down by the city, but you're you're only a few hours north of it, right? Uh, yeah. But what what uh, what effects has it had on your club this summer? And and are you starting to be able to uh, trickle some kids in and, and do some stuff again? Yeah. Um... So we're functioning as New York City, basically. Um, you know, we we have a fraction of the cases, and by a fraction, I mean like really barely any. Um, it's obviously a, a dangerous virus, but it's put us in a situation where um, we've had parents that really want to train, and then we've had some parents that are uh, they wanted to distance themselves as much as possible. So you could. I have some dummies here. I, I went and uh, called Yvonne and I said, listen, I think we're going to be in a situation where we're, we're not, we're allowed to practice, but we're not allowed to have partners. And so we bought another 15 dummies and we have almost 30 dummies and we're running non-contact practices. And there's a blessing in there. You know, we've been able to slow down the techniques for the kids um, and, you know, get them in here, but there's still that cautionary, uh, clientele that hasn't come back since March 15th. Yeah. So and how, how's that work? I see other people like, uh, out in Vegas, I see Chase Pammy doing some dummy stuff and I see people around the country just, uh, just based on posts. Um, how does it work? I mean, uh, cause obviously it, it wrestling, there's no way around it. It's a contact sport. Right. Um, but how has it, uh, I always ask the coaches this, maybe that makes sense. Like, how much better of a coach 
will you be technique wise through the other side of COVID? Because haven't you had to learn how to adjust in, in ways you never had to before? Yeah, I mean, I've had to be the sit down in the chair coach. That's <laughs> like, I, I, you know, one of the things I think if you, you know, you hear from parents or right, is that the coaching staff here, we're like walking around everywhere and we're making sure everyone's getting it. And it, if we had a plan to hit two moves during the day, but we're still on the one, we want to make sure everybody gets it. So we're very hands on and we're not able to do that right now. But with the dummies, um, you know, I find I find that there's a blessing to dummies. So like we we teach double dummies, um, obviously throws. But how violent you're supposed to be finishing double legs in matches, you know, it's hard to have, it's hard to have partners that allow you to like just spear them into the mat, um, Berg style, right? Like, no one's gonna let you do that. But if you practice enough reps, thousands and thousands of reps on the dummy, when you're on the mat, you may not even, it just may take off. Your brain just functions, right? You've got that instinct now. Um, so some of these kids are like, wow, like I've gotten more explosive. And they were just like, there's no way I can get better wrestling a dummy. I have dummies behind me, so I'm pointing. But uh, like, there's no way I'm going to get better on a dummy. Like, that's not what I've learned. Like, I thought you have to go live and drill and that's it. But dummies are a tool that Yvonne Ivanov invented from Suplex. And um, they're, they're my favorite training tool. I mean, senior athletes come in here and train, and they're on the dummies right away. You know, if the young kids could see them go after it, which some of them, that's what I'm trying to create, that atmosphere. Like, oh, wait, that guy's doing it? All right, now it's cool. I'll, I'll use the dummies. Yeah, I bet you're going to – I bet you uh, all these people using these dummies are going to create uh, – it's going to teach these kids how to practice better at home too, uh, when they're not when they're not with you, whether it's with a dummy or with with a pillow or their little brother. <laughs> yeah, so we focus on the dance steps of it all. Um, every you if every back step throw has the same steps, whether you hit an arm throw, hip toss, or headlock. So the kids ha we're mat we do it in steps and they master their steps. But I'm like, guys, this is just a dance class, you know, and you show <laughs> dance class. But this is a little more violent, so it serves another purpose. Um, so, you know, rest, if you see a lot of European wrestlers, they do dance celebrations after. Most of them can dance their, you know, their their culture dance that they have, and these throws are are that. It's not about how mean you want to be. It's it's about how good your footwork is. And so we've sold probably like twelve to fifteen dummies to kids to bring. They just go buy them and they have them at home now. Mainly our youth kids. Uh, you're you're a suplex training center, so you have obviously people can buy through the site through you, buy right from you. You have product available to them. Yeah, um, we have some available, and then otherwise, suplex is so great they can get that in like a day and a half to whoever it needs to be at if they have to ship it. So that's great because uh, those things are expensive, and. Yep. Uh, so if, if there's a coach in town willing to to help and provide you access to those things, uh, that's a bonus because not everybody can spend the money it costs to get one, right? So uh, I'm finding schools. I've, I think there's like four schools in our area uh, that have outfitted their high school wrestling facilities with our same stuff that we have. Um, they didn't know about it. They kind of watched us go for a year. They're like, wait, you know, Joe, like, what do you think would be the best for our room? And the kids love it. It's like an alternative, like they're working their butt off, but it's not like running steps and, and uh, you know, the same push-ups. You know, 
like there's a, there's other ways to drill strength endurance through uh suitcase equipment yeah. that's not like it's not the same routine so they're tricked into working but they feel like they're playing yeah it's cool all these um <clears throat> all these games that have come out for the like you see them playing spike ball or you you see them playing with the the dummies with each other or you see them with those attack band things to help them with their ankles or foot taps or whatever they call it. It's pretty fun. But uh, I know you said, so, so Kirby training, man, where did the vision come from? Um, I know initially you opened up in downtown. Uh, you mentioned to me that you, uh, you and your wife who, who also is involved with Collar City Wellness Center, but you guys grew to, uh, to capacity where people just couldn't get in. Uh, you were having to do waves of practices, which probably wasn't effective. And, uh, and you guys decided to grow. But, man, tell us about Kirby Training Center, where it came from, uh, where the vision was, the history, the purpose, you know, what your culture is up there in, in, in the mountains. Yeah, so um, I went to Northern Michigan University from 2002 to 2005. Most of my career was on the shelf. Um, I had a shoulder labrum tear, and I would sublux if I sneeze. Like, I had surgery. And then within like eight months, I wrestled with Cheney Hate. He's not going to like that I plugged him for this. But uh, <laughs> he body locked me and my shoulder came back out. And it was like the first practice back. And I, I realized I wasn't ready to wrestle an Olympic level guy right away. But it really put a damper on my, my career. And um, so Cheney was my roommate and Jake Kirby was my roommate. Daryl Spackman was my, my roommate. And uh, Jake was one of my practice partners. And we lived together for four years. I graduated. Um, those guys moved on to Idaho with Ivan Ivanov. Um, and in 2010, uh, I got a call that um, Jake passed away from uh, an epileptic seizure. Um, I got a call from my brother. Now he's my brother-in-law. And it was one of the worst calls you could ever get. And um, did the services. And I'm just thinking, how do I how do I keep this name alive? Um, and I, you know, everything from just like pictures in my house to, I got a tattoo. Um, and then I'll start at a club with my uh, really good friend, Van Fraunhofer called Fraunhofer Wrestling Club. And we were working out of a school and his time started to get limited. And my time, I was able to get more time to coach and I started taking over more of the responsibilities and I just asked Van, I said, Van, do you mind if I call this Kirby train, you know, for Kirby wrestling, three style wrestling club. And he goes, no, absolutely. That's fantastic. He was like super supportive. And so we started, we started that actually we started at my house. Um, it was, I wasn't collecting any money, but when I built my home before I put the, right after we put the foundation before we put the house on, um, we had old Columbia University mats and we rolled them into my house. Um, <laughs> just dumped three huge mats in. And I have a, like a 2000 square foot basement, wide open. Wow. We, we designed the house so I could train. <laughs> Cause I, I'm like, you know, I, I, I met my wife, right? And I was already competing again. So that's why I knew I was gonna still train. So after I took my little hiatus, um, we'll get into how we, my wife's wellness center gets in, in a second, but 
um, the club started in the basement of my house and I was working with um, some really good kids in the area and those like 10 kids helped us get a name. And then my wife and I decided she wanted to go on her own. I want to go on my own. I'm like, you're massage. Like she was a massage therapist. I'm like, you just help me rest. Yeah. Like I'm competing now. I think we could have like this business where you're teaching athletes how to recover properly. Cause us coaches, we just know how to beat them up, you know, like, and we know how to get them training. And there's some warning signs for ligament damage coming if we don't pay attention. And anytime a kid might have an ailment, depending on where it is, you may be able to intervene and like help, help that before we have to get to a surgery type situation. And so we started that business, uh, in 2014 and we had like 20 kids and then we just doubled each year. Um, and we're at 250 right now and we take every age group, every, every, per, anybody that wants to wrestle, they just have to go through USA wrestling's, uh, background check, safe sport and and things like that so now here we are it's all on your website it's easy access on his website you'll see when you go to his website uh it'll say safe sport up there it'll say usa wrestling up there all you got to do is click that uh it'll walk you right through everything and uh and you're you're in the room yeah so and we offer free trial for everybody that comes in so we don't collect any money until the kid is like begging their parents to come back you know there's a culture here that, you know, no one's forced to be here. Like if I see a kid, it looks like their parents made them come to practice. We pull them aside and just say, Hey, what's going on. Right. Because I, that we're teaching and they're not, they're not kind of in that mode. They're just letting it go. It could be a relationship issue, honestly. I, but no. No. for the most part, everybody that's in here, it's like a, the energy is insane every day. That's all. Is that the is that the bar and restaurant up over your shoulder there? <laughs> it's empty. There's nowhere to, like that used to. That's our seating area, um, but yes, yeah, because of the pandemic, we had to like just clear everything out. That's that'd be good COVID seating up there. Throw some plexiglass up. Yeah, so we actually have like these markers six feet apart, all that stuff. Because um, it's 21st, we're allowed to practice. Oh, so, nice. Yeah, we're allowed to practice our our sports teams up here are allowed to practice the 21st. So we're okay. geared up at, we'll probably not do the non-contacts anymore. Uh, and hopefully, you know, it's coming, you know, also I, I was, uh, I was on your website and I was looking around and, and I saw this thing. It said CTC YouTube. Um, so I clicked on it and it took me to uh, your YouTube page. And it's pretty badass. I mean, you've got, all sorts of training videos there, all sorts of refresher videos, uh, things that kids can do outside of the gym to keep themselves up. Or even, you know, they got caught in a move in a match and they're like, damn, how the hell did that happen? Right. And they can go back and learn about that move and learn how to defend it. So, uh, you know, talk about your, your, your YouTube training platform and uh, how people can access it and, and the, the positives to it and what you recommend through it. Yeah, so the YouTube page, and um, I have a, one of my my head freestyle coach, Lenny Baker, is one of my partners on it, and we have kind of some fun with it. Um, I hear in some, they're like, oh, it's funnier than, <laughs> like, we just watched to see you guys mess with each other. But he's an NCAA champ at Brockport, and we have the same philosophy in sport. 
but we travel two different roads to get there. He's a, he's a shooter by trade. Um, and I'm a counter scorer by trade, but everything that we do in our technique videos takes you to the same philosophy. Like we don't, one person's not saying, Hey, it's healthy to just wrestle on your knees. And the other one's saying never wrestle on your knees. That just confuses kids. But when we do these videos, they're usually right after we teach them in class. And then we tell the kids, Hey, if you want to go reference back that video, you know, the technique, we're breaking it down here. You have access to it. Um, we were using TMAP at the time and we were sending those videos out to the entire team as well. And it was just, if they wanted to look at, some people learn better watching videos. Some people learn better in the, you know, doing it. Some people learn it by teaching it. So we just make that accessible to all those people um, that, that kind of want to see this move and how, how it's broken down. That's pretty cool. And, um, and I, I think obviously we've seen more of that through the pandemic because that was kind of the only way to coach the last few months. Um, so you've seen some platforms kind of evolve, but this has been something you've been doing for a long time, even prior to this. So uh, it's obviously built up to something it is now and uh, pretty cool to watch and, and, and look at. And, uh, you know, I was wondering, are you strictly, are you strictly club coaching, uh, travel team coaching, doing that? Are you involved in any high school program or youth program or is it just, uh, is it right now just club and, and travel? So it's club and travel. We support the high school programs. So by that, what I mean is actually, it's pretty funny. This, the coach, uh, his name is Dennis Lane. He's a Waterbury coach. And he was a, one of the first coaches I approached because I went back to my old stomping grounds. So like I printed my first flyers. I'm like, I'm going to go get some people for the club. And I go up to him and he's like, nah, we don't do clubs here. Every time our kids go to clubs, they never want to wrestle in the fall winter. And I was like, oh, oh, but I'm, he's like, no, thanks. <laughs> he's like, and he was really nice. He wasn't like a jerk to me. He's like, and um, so I was coach. I had a couple other um, schools that I was kind of like, they were like kind of giving me coach signs. They were like, hey, this club is going to be pretty good. And my old, my other coach, Van Fraunhofer, he's an Olympic alternate. Everybody loved him and Lenny. So I was kind of like, we just, I, I was surrounded by decent people enough to give me a chance. Year two, he comes up to me like, sounds like the kids like where they're wrestling. I'd like to like send, bring some kids over. Um, you know, he's like, but I want all those kids to want to wrestle in the wintertime. I said, that's my job, man. Like my job is that they get a full season. They love the sport even more and then they can't wait to use what they learned in the spring, summer and the next high school season. Yeah. I, I, that's what I understand. Like they off the summer is for the winter. Yeah. And, for, and it's for also for world teams. Um, but the byproduct, if you don't make a world team, now you're still, you're just elevated yourself for the high school season. So um, I, all, the way I partner with high schools is I have some full teams here that are exclusive, but I, the just understanding is that during their season, their kids are theirs. So during the high school season, we don't drill or go live. It's not like, it's not, we're not trying to compete with the schools. We're doing film study. So we have a fraction of the kids, like in our spring class, we would have 80 to hundred um, in a practice. In the winter time, we have like 20 to 30. And those kids, I'll be like, hey, we got some film. 
who else struggles with this position? And everyone's like, ah, yeah, they all raise their hand. So we go over it. And basically everybody's struggling from very similar, not exactly the same. There might be a little tweak that we put in similar positions. It's getting out on bottom. It's breaking guy down on top. It's, you know, it, it's getting stuck underneath in a shot. It's, it's all, it's all the same recycled stuff. And as our juniors and seniors, like, and they're starting to get close to states and qualifying as they pick it up and then leave these younger kids were going through the same film study uh, just a year later with them. But we have a part, we have an understanding with the coaches. Um, you know, the kids, I explained to the kids that you trust your high school, your, they're great coaches. You, you trust your coaches. And then we're just film people. You know, you do what you're, you do what your coach. My dad was my high school coach. And it's one of the things, one of the things he taught me was no matter who your coach is, you got to trust your coach. And uh, you had mentioned, uh, uh, another one of your coaches is uh, Florida's own Sean Sheldon down there at SWAT, down in yep. South Florida, one of the coaches at uh, um, American Heritage. And uh, uh, it's pretty cool. I mean, a, a major Greco guy there, right? Yeah. And so that actually is another. So Yvonne, I got like an Yvonne Kirby, you know, type of aspect to this club. And then we have uh, our club that I grew up in was called Atwa. And so we're using the Atwood here. And Sean, before we would go to practice, when we would show up to the uh, it was a SUNY Albany uh, facility, all the college guys at SUNY Albany were, um, they were already wrestling. And they were, all, so when their NCAA season was done, they were full transition to Greco. Now he had five Olympians at, at, from, in Albany between, uh, I think it was 84 to 88. And we're watching Olympic level athletes right before we practice. And Sean Sheldon was one of them. Sean Sheldon was my brother's uh, main partner. My brother started in ninth grade and he was a five time All American. And Sean Sheldon's a, a part of that. And then the Saris, Ike Anderson. And I basically got to learn from these guys. And I kind of want to create the same thing here. So um, I have senior athletes come in here and train. I coach, I coach them and I do it in front of the kids. So the kids can see it's the same stuff that they're learning. And then they can see the next level if they choose Greco or freestyle or folk style after that. Wow. Like, Oh, they're doing the same stuff that we're doing. It's not just like, you know, yeah, they're not getting on their head. They're actually learning how to use their upper body and, and do things. Yeah. I've heard, um, I, I, I have never met Sean Sheldon personally, but I've heard amazing things about him. I've heard, you know, he's a great coach. I've heard, obviously, uh, all the Greco guys speak highly of him. So, um, you know, maybe one day I'll, we'll cross paths and I'll, and I'll get to see him. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it seems like he's doing big things down there uh, at SWAT in South Florida. So it, it's cool. But, you know, speaking of that, I know that um, obviously Greco has been a big part of who you are and who you became and your kind of wrestling pattern. And I know it kind of um, – it kind of got more prevalent because you were in a car accident, was it? And you had to kind of really, really learn how to how to use your upper body more, right? Yeah. So I got hit by a car. I mean. Oh. Okay. Well, car. Well, yeah. Hit by a car is even. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, was, I was crossing a main, like a main highway, and I got hit about forty miles an hour. Uh, <laughs> I went, I went flying, broke both my legs. I was in a wheelchair. 
um, for four months. I, I already had two years of Greco experience. Um, and I don't like even talking like Greco is different than freestyle and folk style because it, it is in rules and, and things that you're allowed to do. But the skill sets are transferable, right? And so two-on-ones and underhooks work in freestyle and they work in folk style. And I, my legs, if you touched them, I had such tissue damage that if you knew that I, there's a secret spot on my left shin that if you touched it, I was down. Like you could, you could pin me right there. I could be up 14 nothing. You touch it, I'm like out. Sucking your thumb, and crying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, please, no more, no more. Tap out, right? And I, I, I learned to keep people off my legs. So my sprawl was a necessity, not like oh, we have to do sprawls again. Like it was something that I focused on, but. But the sprawl wasn't like traditional where I'm on my thighs and my knees. My sprawls, my feet are just coming back a little bit, but my hips and underhooks are, they're coming up underneath. So I'm catching a lot of underhooks, then hitting snap downs. And I fell in love with that style um, because I felt like I could stop anyone's shot. And that's kind of what we were taught as wrestlers is that you need to have one or two moves that you can hit on anybody from the feet, from top, uh, from bottom. You need to have, you need those scoring positions that you can do to anybody, but you need to stop everything. Right. So, and how much did that help you in folk style? Oh, it was, it was incredible. Um, you know, I probably took a handful of shots in my high school career. Uh, I'm not a state champ, but the guys that I was going with, Greg Parker, who's an NCAA finalist, um, Chris Fraunhofer, who's a two-time section champ. These are really good guys that we were, we were all at, we were all at what teammates too. Um, there was no wild card. It was only one division and I never got out, but I know what I'm capable. I know what, what we can do in folk style. And those guys had the same, I don't know if you watch Greg Parker's uh, NCAA run, but it's right before Kale Sanderson and said, uh, you uh, at the times union center, he got taken down every match and then got reversals. Um, his, he, he's a counter wrestler. And he ended up in the NCAA finals because of it. It was incredible. There's, yeah, there's the Greco aspect to me was it's, it's control. You get an underhook, it's control. You get two on one, it's control. Um, and you can slow great athletes down if you have control. Working from space, the best athlete typically wins. Um, all things considered equal, uh, the best athlete wins. Uh, a two-on-one allows somebody who might have inferior athletic skills to really control the pace and control um, the scoring outcomes. But you have to be willing to be close, which means you could get thrown on your learning curve. You can, you know, people don't really want to get close. They want to be close to the earth. They don't want to get elevated. So we start our youth off on the dummies, but we start them with Greco so that by the time they're, in seventh and eighth grade, that doesn't even affect them. Um, they're, they're comfortable in every position. If you talk to the refs, their favorite matches to, to ref is, is Greco because they want to see the throws. They're like, man, to be close up and see somebody get tossed, it's, it's, it's <laughs> I mean, women's Greco would be the actual best. Yeah. Um, Speaking of women, that's the fight, right? That's, that's the argument. They want, they want Greco to be in their sport, but but first of all, New York is is a state right now that is pushing hard to sanction it, right? It's one of the states out of the – there's been 28 that have said yes already. 
Um, I see the push by by wrestle like a girl and how she wrestles. Um, but you've got some hammers in your room. I mean, I've seen your website. I've read about them. Um, I see what you're doing with these girls and they're they're ending up fed into the high school programs and standing on top of the podium. I mean, how how important is is women's wrestling for New York wrestling? I mean, I think it's important for New York's. We just got to wake up like it's got to be done. It should be done yesterday. It's, it's a no brain. Um, Christy Davis. Um, she's one of the most decorated women's wrestlers uh, in U.S. history. And she was my teammate at Atwa. And, and Joe DeMio treated everybody this. Everyone got treated the same practices were the same. And she was a judo. Uh, I'm not sure if it was, she was a national champ that came over, but what a partner, what a, what a competitor, uh, what a teammate. And so that's the culture I grew up in. So when people are like, I want to wrestle, like my daughter's learning how to wrestle right now. She's five. Um, when people are coming in the room and they're like, I want to wrestle. They're learning. We're doing the same thing. Yeah. You're going to learn Greco. You're going to, you're going to learn freestyle. You're going to learn folk. You're going to learn, you're going to learn all the skill sets. Not only do they embrace it, they're the ones who want to take the biggest risk for <laughs> the highest. There's, there's a, it's fun to coach uh, girls wrestling. There's some components that I'm definitely, you know, you know, I'm not a woman. So, I'll, you know, there's a component that where I'm like, actually, I just reach out to resource. I'm saying, Hey, I'm struggling here. I don't want to like lose this wrestler. Or, you know, this wrestler is, isn't responsive, but it's, it's typically because I don't understand. Right. And so my job is to figure out and understand or recruit. I have a woman's coach now here, uh, Amy uh, Golding. She was a world. Uh, I was just going to say, I saw where you have a few women that are in the room with you. Yep. So she's coaching Laura White, uh, who started with me when she was in college. She's one of our coaches. And, you know, a day where I'll be like, hey, you're wrestling with this person. And they're like, nah, yeah, I don't know. And then Laura will come over, Amy, and they're like, yeah, we're in. So it's like, the girls are great. We just need to give them more resources. Um, that's events. You know, not every event needs to travel halfway across the country. Um, we're doing it within our state. Uh, a lot of our off-season tournaments have uh, girls divisions, uh, freestyle and Greco. And, you know, the sanctioned New York thing would be a huge plus for us. Um, there are great leaders in this state. Um, you know, the Macalusos, the Lewandowski's. Um, beat the streets, in New York City. Uh, yeah, and didn't uh, I know Jackie Davis just moved down to Maryland, but um, good she friend, was, fantastic. He was big into getting that big. What what's it? The number one women's wrestling tournament in the world out in Manhattan, right? Yeah, the Gotham the the Gotham City tournament. Um, that's a great tournament, and so and Jackie, Jackie was great because she would she would invite us out to do camps to teach the girls Greco, right? Like imagine getting invited to a camp. They could have anybody they want. And they're like, no, we like to, they really like to learn how to do underhooks, two on ones and throw. They thought that that was a really fun camp. And so I was doing that every year uh, when she was in the city. And even when she was in uh, Providence and beat the streets, uh, Boston. So I, when people are like, Hey, what you guys taught the kids really loved, that's that's kind of why we're doing it and uh she's been great she's a super uh supportive uh coach to this type of movement so uh, i host a tournament um called headlocks on the hudson 
and we have a women's Greco division. And the referees don't have to say anything. Really? They don't have to be like action or it's just straight Greco bombs everywhere. Like <laughs> uh, Coach Crum says, hi, Joe, one of the great coaches I was ever associated with in New York. Thanks, Coach. That's <laughs> a pretty cool stuff there. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, uh, it, it's been uh, – Jackie was by far one of the best interviews I've had. She was so cool, uh, fun to talk with, so down to earth, um, very energetic. And I, and I just – I really was – it was an honor to, to get her on, you know, her and, and I had Bior on from Boston Beat the Streets and um, uh, just really cool to, to, to get women of that level talking to me. I mean, <laughs> like, I'm like, hey, this is cool. Uh, but uh, that's cool. So, so are, are you still the head coach of the USAW team? Yeah, so um, I run this, the men's State Fargo team. Um, I was sharing that role with Chris Harrington. He's a director of state teams. Um, men and women. So for far, I'm basically once the off season starts, we're trying to get ready for the world team trials in Fargo. So all the tournaments that we build are towards that, um, that end game. And obviously the world team trials are prior They're They're done by May. And then after that, we're set, we have our camp set up and we're getting these kids ready for um, the nationals. So that's been my role for the last four or five years. And, uh, Not only can you wrestle in your room, but you can get a little wellness too, right? Don't you have a wellness center that's in your in your facility that's run by a, a lady you know well? Yeah, so that, that's probably why we exist and our mission statement hasn't had a change. Um, our mission statement is simple. It's work hard, have fun, don't quit. And um, I don't do... I don't do dual teams either. I don't know if I told you that. I mean, I know we see a lot of dual teams. If our kids want to join one, I was like, go ahead. Um, we won't see you down at Disney? Probably not. <laughs> but uh, any any individual tournament, we I mean, we travel. We try to bring 50 to 60 kids to invest. Like, I don't want to leave anyone home. Like, that doesn't make sense to me. Like, you're paying for all this training, and then you didn't make a dual, then you're sitting home. It doesn't That doesn't sit well with me as a coach. So we find as many individual events as possible, but there's more to be done. Like doing duels, you can group more. And um, I just, I just didn't get into it, but my wife and I, um, we met because I had, my shoulder was bothering me. She was working at a, a wellness center somewhere else. And I was coaching at Hudson Valley. It's a community college. And I just wanted to wrestle like not so much. I just want to be able to like go a little bit. My shoulder was still tanking and I saw her and first, first go, I went from like this range of motion all the way back over my head. I was like, what? I was like, uh, -uh. all right. So I went to practice, but I didn't do much. And I was like, eh, it didn't pop. That's cool. I went back a month later and then she worked on some more. What's funny is she doesn't know anything about wrestling. I mean, even now she's like asking questions. I'm like, how long have we been together? Like, but <laughs> But she was breaking up my pec muscle and my lat muscle, just destroying it. She uses elbows and forearms, just like almost tears in my eyes. She's like, you probably do a lot of push-ups and pull-ups. I'm like, yeah, that I do. She's like, uh, well, they're pulling on the same shoulder ligament and making it unstable. And I was like, all right, that makes a lot of sense, but we'll we got to see. Like, it's wrestling. You don't know wrestling, right? Like, 
but I go to practice and it stays in and I put a full practice in. And I was like, all right. So I'm wrestling with these college guys, some state champs, some guy, you know, this is a pretty good open room. And I've just probably from then on, I, I saw her for like two years, every month. I, I started wrestling more and then I ended up competing in the New York athletic club tournament. I wrestled provisor there shoulder didn't come out. I mean, I wrestled be sick. All these guys, my shoulders staying in. So and your was, last visit, so your last visit, you showed up with a ring. Yeah. No, um, <laughs> I did. Like, I, I heard her say something like about her boyfriend and her breaking up. <laughs> yeah. And I just kind of swooped. I just did a little swoop action move, uh, a little duck under. And <laughs> I was like, Hey, you want to hang out? And she said, sure. And I, I wrestle all the time. That's all I do. You know? <laughs> And she's like, that's great. You know, I like to ski and stuff. I'm like, no, I wrestle all the time. So we started dating, but I was like, she knew what I was like, I was competing and she was making sure I was like ready to go for tournaments. And that component, I was training my butt off. That component was huge. So I wrestled uh, my first time, even all American, I was 35 years old. It was the best I felt. Um, wow. And so we decided this place up in 2014 and she you know we're split mortgage but the fact that i don't have to come up with the whole thing as a wrestling club is it's huge for our our system and um parents bring their kids to her parents go to her um also she has her own clientele and then sometimes those clientele are like, hey, what, what's that thing you got over there? Can I bring my son or daughter over to wrestle? And it's just a really good um, system that we got together. Now, her wellness center, we have two more massage therapists now. We grew. Uh, we have a physical therapist um, slash chiropractor. We're looking at an acupuncturist now. Um, but just having that combined, you know, it's just really good for these kids. Um, they really... The kids work really hard, all of them, even when like, I'm not, it's tough to be a kid, right? Um, you're asked to produce so much at such, a, at such a young age that the body, unless they're sleeping and eating perfectly, their body needs a bigger recovery ratio. So we gear them that way. And if they're smiling, that's good. We know that they're, we know that their recovery and training ratio is one-to-one. So you almost got a physical therapist at every practice. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she, I, when we built this, I'm looking at her side of the facility right now. <laughs> there were to enter in from this side, from the wrestling room right in. She's like, hell no. She's like, <laughs> she's like, oh, wrestlers just roaming in looking for like appointments. Like yeah. you just have to walk out our main door, walk through the parking lot and like, yeah. But now if they're serious about it, they'll get treated. But she's like, I don't want smelly. It was awful for her. The smell and like, like it was just so hot. <laughs> her patrons come down and I, I can just see the look on their face. Like, oh boy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like she has to look at what she does to get them to keep coming down those steps. <laughs> That's funny, man. Well, hey, man, this has been awesome. Uh, you know, let's, uh, let's do it again any time, but let's wrap it up with my 10 questions. You ready? Yep. All right, famous lunch or Gus's hot dogs? I mean, I just switched to vegan. 
<laughs> I watched Game Changers, and then like, I still like to wrestle. But if I had to pick, I'd say Famous Lunch. <laughs> uh, People Island or Cahoe's Falls? Well, jeez, uh, I, I don't go to either, but People's Island. <laughs> the Memphis King or PJ's Barbecue? I know you just told me you went vegan, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm just a Taco Bell guy. Like, oh, so none of these are going to work out for me. No, it'll work. So I would, I, I don't know either of those places. Where are they even located? Are you got me in like Clifton Park or something? I don't know. It says Troy, New York. I looked up barbecue. Yeah, they're real places. <laughs> I mean, you only have like 40,000 people there. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> um, uh, Prospect Park or North Pearl Street? Um, North Pearl used to be awesome. It used to be. Not anymore. Like, I used to party on Pearl all the time. But uh, Prospect Park's like, it's it's outside, so. Ah, Crave or Ted's Fish Fry? Ted's Fish Fry. Ah, you know that one. All right, good. <laughs> yeah, no, I know they're very famous places that you're naming. Yeah. Van Shake Van Shake Island or Vander Heiden Preserve? Uh, no. De Fabio's or Giuseppe's? Oh boy. You, you know those. You can't <laughs> like if you put De Fazio's against the previous one or Giuseppe's, like they would both win. Giuseppe's like a close family friend. Well yeah, so what I did was I looked at I look at these restaurants and I see like reviews. And I go, okay, well, that only has 30. That has 30. Okay, these two have 600. Okay, I'm going to use those two. DeFazio famous around here. My wife loves DeFazio's. Ah. So Giuseppe, they host, and they do sponsor our tournament. So. Oh, and now your pizzas are with like mushrooms and olives and shit like that, right? No more pizza. pepperoni. And I can't have it with cheese. I'm not eating it. I mean, I love it. It's just, I don't know. Something happened to me. Oh, hey. Um, Chad Laisley just jumped on. Uh, you know, he's uh, he's working with uh, Shakur Rashid. Yeah. And, uh, he said, hey, man, would, would Joe be interested in booking a clinic with Shakur? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, Chad, hit him up. Uh, I got him through IG, but I'm sure you can hit him up through Facebook. Any way you can get him, Chad. Yeah, uh, we just irking up here, and the kids loved him, and uh, it was a really cool camp, so. I mean, I haven't really been doing well with camps. I got journeyman wrestling up here. They're amazing with events. They do camps and they have all these clinicians. And uh, I just get like, you know, I like to, I like doing the clinicians that are just, I know that would really be good for the culture of the room. Um, and plus they know my style, so they love it. Yeah, Shakur seems like a pretty cool dude. So I had him yeah. on. I don't go out seeking much, but this seems like it could be awesome. Like. I'm, I'm interested. Well, Chad, you guys get in touch. I, I got in touch with him through IG, but uh, I'm sure you guys can figure it out. IG, Facebook, you know, anything <laughs> be good. Uh, 677 Prime or Morton's? Again, steak. What, what's the second one? Prime or Morton's? Prime. <laughs> no, now you're doing like the Portobello medium <laughs> rare. <laughs> I don't, I like me. I just get like. My eyes leak. Like, I actually get, like, these terrible eye, like, oh. allergies. It's awful. You know, my, my son uh, cooked some steaks last night. They were really good. <laughs> yeah. I like, the, I like a steak. Don't get me wrong. Like, I just, 
Mulberry Historic Site or the Industrial Gateway? Now, which, wait, what was the first one? Mulberry Historic Site, or no, Mulaney Historic Site or the Industrial Gateway. The Industrial Gateway looked pretty cool. Yeah, that, that will go with the Industrial Gateway. I mean, I really like these questions. I got to do more research in my own city. Like, it's pretty bad, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I try to do some research and, and then put them together and figure it all out. I mean, the younger kids, like I have a college kid coming on next. So, you know, his stuff, yeah. will be like, his stuff will be like ramen noodles or mac and cheese. Cause you know, he's not, he's not traveling out to these fancy dinners yet or these, these towns. He's, he's wrestling, eating, hitting energy drinks, right? <laughs> I mean, like, like New York, Mets, Yankees would always be good here. Giants, Jets, like those are good ones. Yeah, I'm not sure where you're up at Albany. Uh, Mets, Yankees, Giants, Jets. But uh, oh. uh, Rangers, Rangers, Devils, Knicks, yeah. stuff like that. Celtics, Patriots, and Red Sox are huge here. So, like, the, I'm not – I don't do any of those teams. Like, they're, they're – I'm, I'm, I'm a New Yorker, but, yeah. Hey, Chad just had a friend request. What's up, Chad? There oh, it is. That's pretty cool. Um, oh, <laughs> Bill Crumb said, Sean Sheldon or Andy Saras? Ugh. I had Andy Saris at a clinic um, last year for my Fargo team. He was incredible. Like he he was uh, he was awesome. Sean Sheldon directly impacted my brother and my training a little closer. But gosh, that's I don't know if I want to pick. Like <laughs> Bill just yeah. said, just kidding. Both great, but yeah, they're incredible. <laughs> I mean, Ike Anderson was in there. Dale Oliver, like, I could just go all, all day long, but. Yeah, well, I told you when I was talking to Coach, uh, Coach Dennis up there in Wisconsin, right? Uh, and I asked him about his Olympic silver medal. <laughs> and still, I mean, how old is he now? He's probably 40 years gone from uh, gone from the Olympic medal. But when I asked him about it, his face got, I want to throw that thing away. Hate that damn thing. I should have beat that guy. I wanted to kill him when I saw him running around with that damn flag. <laughs> I was like, I'm like, aren't you happy with it? He goes, yeah, it's pretty cool now, but I don't like it. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> like, you're a silver medalist, dude. Like, that's like people would let you cut their pinky toe off for that. <laughs> he was, so I don't do, I didn't do too many like fandom, like, can I have a picture with you type? But one year we were in the wide world of sports wrestling. I think it was like 90. Uh, 97. It was after I think he won his medal. I uh took this picture with I was a junior in high school, and I was like, and he puts me in a pinch headlock. Dude, my like knuckles are in my neck. I'm like, hold this is a picture, man. Like, it's a picture. Yeah, I mean, he was, he was pumped when he was talking to me, He's sitting in the corner of this, I don't know what it was, like a trailer or something. He was just firing away at just the passion he was bringing. And uh, on the TV screen, you know, I was like, damn, this guy. But yeah, when I brought up the Olympics, he was like, when I saw him running around with that damn flag, I wanted to kill him. <laughs> I, that's kind of the mindset. Like, it's, I don't have that, that mindset, but like, he is just incredibly passionate about his training. He's fanatical. Um, Yvonne used to brag about him all the time. They were training partners. And just watching him and his work ethic is it's obvious. You know, that uh, was everything. I was another one of them, man. He came on, I, he was on the show and he was, man, he was far away. But I talked to some people off the show after I had him and they were like, 
man, we remember when we were younger, when Ken was training for the Olympics, like we'd be somewhere training and you would just see him all day long running laps around the school or the track or just out there training, like just like a beast. And, uh, it's crazy the stories that you hear about, like these top, like Julia Salata, I had her on and she talked yeah, about great. But then I spoke to, I spoke to um, a girl down here who was the first four time Florida state champion. And she went to King U and she said that Julia was a senior when she was a freshman. And she said that it was total beast mode. They have like a, a hill at King University that they train on. And they said Julia would go with every single weight class, beat every single weight class up there. It didn't matter if you were men or women, she was just total beast mode on everyone. I mean, these, these upper echelon athletes are just incredible to me, what, they, what the machine does. And Julia, she's on a New York State coaching staff and our, and our girls get to, you know, they get to see her. And, and, and that's the thing I was talking about. Like, she's a com competing athlete that's influencing these kids. As much as us, as, us coaches, uh, like, I basically tell the kids, I'm a map maker, okay? Um, if you win, it's, it's, uh, it's all yours. You, you win championships, it's yours. If you lose, maybe something wrong was the map didn't have a clear direction. Maybe it was missing a rest area, right? That's missing things. So, you know, a Julia Salata to those kids though is in between that. She's like a, she's like a walking step-by-step -step guide, right? Like they're buying into that because she's doing it right now at the senior level and they can see it tangibly that she's doing it at the senior level. And our girl, yeah, Zoe, you know, Angie, Katie, we have like uh, Emily, Reagan, they're all just, they all just see that, and then I can see them bring it here. So she, so, says that, she says, when I'm in the room with our our athletes, I'm always prepared because if I go, they know they're never getting my legs, they're never touching me, they're never hit because I won't let them. <laughs> I'm total yeah. beast mode on them, and she's. It was just it was awesome to hear the passion. Like when. When I get to talk to you, you guys, you coaches and athletes that are at a whole nother level than the rest of us, it's amazing to hear the mindset of, of how they think or how they live their life or how, where that passion came from to get on the mat again. I mean, through people like getting stitches in their eyes and, you know, getting hit by cars and breaking their ankles. And um, it's insane how that athlete comes out of them and and, and they, they managed to get to a whole other level to be able to get their mind and body right to do it. I, the way you're breaking that down, you know, it's like I, uh, I watched this movie, Momentum Generation. It's a, it's a surf movie. It's about like Kelly Slater. It's on HBO. Sick movie. Actually, like reminds me. It's got a lot of similarities to Jake Kirby in the situation. Um, and they kind of all resent the sport at some point. Like they're all doing it. And they're all really good at it. But then they leave and come back and there's like a soul surfing, like they're doing it because they love it. And like these guys that get injured in their eyes, they're not at work. They're on their playground, right? Like when Sean, Sean White's banging out like 900s or whatever he's doing on the half pipe, like they're all just out tricking each other and they're out giving, and it's, and it's a playground. And if the mat's a playground for you and it's not a place where somebody's requiring you to do work. Yeah. Uh, bloody eyes and and injuries because you don't want people to take you off of the place you love to be at 
that you don't want somebody to get, Hey, I'm not coming off the mat. I'm playing. This is my playground. This is where I want to be. And it's, it's not about, there's a toughness there, but man, if, if you actually like, Hey kids, you can go play Fortnite If you run through a bunch of barbed wire. Yeah. yeah. I think that's, um, <laughs> that's crazy. You know, the things that it's fun to them. Right. So it's, it's, it's like when they say, hey, if you do this, we're taking you for pizza. Like I had a guy on yesterday. He's like, funny story is I got into wrestling because I was in kindergarten with my buddy. And he's like, hey, come to wrestling practice because afterward they take us to Burger King and we get Pokemon toys and Burger King. And he's like, I'm in. And, and, and ever since then, he, he fell in love with it. And um, it's amazing how you get to where you get to. I'm, I'm trying to look up... Um, before you hang up, I'm I'm trying to look up that wrestler that I was telling you about. I'm sure if I just if I just said it out loud, somebody would post here. But um, I, have it, I have it on here somewhere. I mean, I I've got 96 <laughs> 96 wrestlers on here. Yeah, I mean, and I was telling you the story about how important he said Greco was to him. And uh, it's amazing. He's up at uh, Grandview this year. That's a good program. Yeah, he, uh, he he's a smaller guy. So he said he went off to uh, went off to some school, but he was like, it just wasn't for him. So he wanted to come back and, uh, and get it. Hey, uh, Julio, I see you're on there. Who's, who's the kid that I had on? Real awesome kid that broke his ankle and still won states. If, uh, if someone's listening, I'm sorry. I'm having a total brain fart. Love him. Great kid. I texted him just the other day. Um, I can't remember. Uh, Elijah Verona. I'm sorry. I'm right here. Oh, yeah. I don't Elijah Verona. Sorry, Elijah. I've had a lot of people on. Love you, kid, but I forgot the name. <laughs> I went to Northern Michigan, his brother, um, where I went to school. Um, but yeah, they're, I don't know who their coaches were. They're New York or they're Florida coaches, but yeah, those were Greco guys. They were. Yeah, it's crazy. He said if, uh, if he didn't have that Greco training, he doesn't know if he could have done it, but Anyway, man, this has been great, man. Anytime you want to do it again, please hit me up. Feel free. Come on. Any of your coaches, any of your kids in the room, any of your girls, boys, any of your athletes want to come on, man, just have them click the link and sign up. I, I will do that. Um, I, I'm sure there are some. And then maybe once we get this pandemic in, I'm sure this fall and winter is going to be a, a wait and see approach. Right now we're scheduled to have our normal season, just like a couple weeks behind. Um. But depending upon that, we're going to alter what our peak tournaments are. And I'll just reach out to you in between now and then. And, and uh, I really appreciate the, you know, the platform. And I like, uh, I like this, this setting. It's really nice. So uh, yeah, thanks. Appreciate it. I'm just uh, having fun trying to give back. And uh, uh, it's been cool to get to meet people. And you know, like I tell people, I can't wait to, to see what it's like to be in a wrestling room again. It'll be It'll be cool to watch the matches because I've taught myself some stuff. I've went on to like, I got bronze certified. So I kind of learned, learned that stuff. Not that 
not that it takes a genius to do that, but it, it, it gave me some knowledge to be able to do that. Uh, and I learned some stuff there. I went through the leadership course with, uh, with NWCA. Yep. And that was cool. So I've gotten to learn some cool stuff and I, I feel like, uh, I can't wait to watch wrestling through my new eyes, you know? <laughs> well, that's, I mean, if you just keep continuing those, I mean, the fact that you're doing them on your own, I'm, we encourage our parents and our coaches to keep their learning going. Um, we have six parents that are taking the kind of the route that you're going and they're like, they're actually bringing up some things to me. They're, they're looking out for the club. They're looking, Hey, what do you think? You know, whether it's safe sport or whether it's uh, just, you know, how we approach our, our younger kids as to copper is in a, is a younger uh, approach to like, it's like 13 and under and then bronze is more for your cadet juniors. Um, but it lets you realize that the burnout's a real thing for kids and how do we keep them really enjoying the training? And that, that training has been, uh, Mike, Mike Clayton does a fantastic job. And for me is like, um, not that I, I, I've been blessed. My son has two amazing coaches at school that are amazing human beings. And then the amazing coaching staff at CFWA, amazing human beings. Right. So he's been blessed with people that I can trust around him. Um, but there's times where you see stuff happening and you wonder why or you or you wonder why the coach is reacting that way to your kids or why the kids aren't doing certain things. Um, and you're like, what the fuck? But now when when you read when when you go through that course as a parent and now I'm in the room and I see the coach react a certain way or do a certain thing or expect something, I, I can be like, oh, yeah, I know why he's doing that. That's cool. Like. I get it now, right? Or even as a parent, I used to get pissed off, you know, like every other parent. That wasn't a pin, you asshole, you suck rat. That wasn't a pin, blah, right? And then I realized people were like, why wasn't it a pin? I'm like, his shoulder wasn't down. Yeah, but his clavicle thing was, I'm like, oh, what does that matter? Well, that's what's supposed to touch, not your shoulder. I'm like, ah, oh, I get it. Got <laughs> it. I'm the idiot and not the ref. <laughs> and, yeah. So uh, things like that, I've gotten to read about and learn. Well, I mean, your your whole parenting style, like to me, that's even. I, I'm about to be a parent of a wrestler, <laughs> and my daughter just broke her arm yesterday. She uh, she fell off a you know a piece of train equipment or something. She broke her arm, and I lost my mind. I absolutely like flipped, and. I know I'm not supposed to. I teach these kids to compose themselves, right? I, I'm, I'm a teacher of, hey, it's just one takedown. It's just one point. It's just, it's not, and it's not over. Oh, it's just one match. You can come back and learn from it. If you still want to wrestle, you continue, right? And here I am struggling because there's no blueprint to be a parent, right? Like you love your kids. And I that's reactions are going to, I mean, I, I, I overreact and it, and now he overreacts at times and right. I think it's just it's what we do as parents um I mean I've dropped some French terms at my kids before and you know it's just the way it is but um but I love that he found this sport and I love what it's doing to him and for him and uh, there's there are times where uh, I don't love certain things that that are making him react a certain like Right now he's going through a weight cut process to get down to a weight for, for whatever. And 
he'll have some pouty moments or he'll have some overreaction moments. And then that's when my wife looks at me and goes, I know the sport's a great sport, but that part of it, I hate. Right. And I'm like, but that's part of it. Right. And she's like, well, he needs to learn. And she'll tell him, you need to learn to react better or else I'm going to adjust this. Right. So, um, well, yeah. So what is, what's, what's his weight? I was weight right now. He's like 153. He's got to get down to one. So this year it's 138 plus five. I think they gave a plus five because of the situation we're in. So he's just got to get down to one three or is he like lean 53? Oh, he's pretty. Um, I mean, to him, he thinks he's fat because you can't see the cuts, you know, but he's been bulking up and now he's slowly leaning down and he's got, you know, he's got some help with it, but um, he just get like last night we had dinner and I mean, he didn't eat much. He ate like, I don't know, six ounces. He, he weighs every single thing he eats. Yeah. He's done eating and there's a reaction or whatever. So he goes and he runs to the back room and where he's got, he's, they've got an office and the office is empty right now. So he threw his mats down in there. So the kids go in there and he went in there and turned his music on and did whatever it is he does and lost a couple pounds, but just. When, when's the weigh in for the event? Uh, not until the 24th, I think. So he's got, he's got plenty of time to do it. I just, I, I, I we started, I think he's, he's not understanding the new process because he's been with a guy now that's been, been teaching him how to through the summer they both you know last year they leaned him out now through the summer they're bulking him up to get more muscle on him and now he's got the muscle now they need to lean it out to so it's strength and whatever even you know about all that I don't but but he's doing it with him the right way so when he was used to like okay I'll lose 10 pounds in a week that's not the right way to do it you know he's we've started a month out so he's not going to see drastic weight loss every single day like he was used to seeing when he was doing it the wrong way right so I, I think by the time he gets to that goes into that week he's going to realize oh I'm only five out and now I can you know go take a shit or something and <laughs> get weight the thing the thing that we monitor when we're not huge on losing weight because puberty is one of those things it's like you're basically on steroids so your body's a car and you're giving it gasoline uh, in order for it to run. And then puberty is like, now you need like a ton of gas to keep up with it. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we're saying like, Hey, if you're at that weight making part of your situation, you're not, you're still not missing meals. Like we're, we're as coaches looking for them to Hey, they're snapping on parents or they're snapping on people or they're, that's a warning sign that the brain's not, it's like, it's almost like, uh, just a nutrient deficiency and the brain just gets pissed. And so, um, we pay attention to that. It's not, obviously every kid's different and everybody, their diets are different. Their options are different. Um, you know, we just say, Hey, if you're going to, if you're upset cause you're not eating, eat and then train, like use it as use your gasoline that you put in your car and just use it. And you'll find that your metabolism will speed up. But then you're still not missing meals because if you start missing meals, then your metabolism slows down and now you're getting nothing. Well, and you know what? He was used to always, you know, at minimum three times a week being in a wrestling room going full out. So between dieting and having his three days a week in a wrestling room, it made a difference, right? So now where he's been working at home, but <clears throat> uh, but he does the right thing. Like yesterday, he, he, uh, he prepped his chicken and rice. He prepped his vegetables. He preps all week. 
Good food too. I think he just needs to, I think we've been waiting for like his, his strength to catch up with his technique and now the maturity to catch up with wrestling and Gary Mayab, if you can talk to him ever, he has a great presentation on kids <laughs> and puberty and then how their mind has like a nine to 18 month lagging. I, I don't have the science behind it and he did a good job presenting it to our kids at a pre-tournament camp, but it'll really like, when then you realize if you actually, I look back at all our 15, 16 year olds that like we're going through it at the time. I'm like, yeah, like we were seeing it's, it's hard as coaches. You can see a kid that's capable and their brain still sees an 11 year old kid. Like they're looking in the mirror and they're not seeing what we're seeing. Oh, this is, this is a real issue. I've yeah. asked coaches that I've had on this show. When does this go away? Cause my son was in, he's always been a year a year to two younger than the kids in his class because we were able to hold his brother back in kindergarten because my mother-in-law wasn't working and we were able to do that. But with him, we had to kind of go. So he's always been a year or two ahead of everybody. So in seventh grade, he was 12 years old and 126 pounds, right? So as he's grown, now he's tall, he's 5'9", 5'10", 150 something pounds. But in his mind, he still sees this 12-year-old 130-pounder. So yep. the problem is he's so motivated to want to get down to a low weight of fear of facing these bigger guys because he thinks they're so much bigger than him. When in reality, I'm trying to tell him, look, you're not the 12-year-old anymore. You're now as big as those guys. But then he kind of mind fucks him. He's like, yeah, but if I'm wrestling at 150, those guys are cutting from 180. I'm like, yeah, but they're not like you're you're 100 that the fear they're cutting because of fear. And you're it's, it's that exact thing. I my situation growing up, my dad, I weighed 133 at search. I started 135. The weight class below is 130. Not only did I wrestle up a couple pounds and I ended up weighing like 135 come state qualifiers. I wrestled 140 and 145. And he was just like, long term. You're just, you're going to allow your body to grow. And I'm going to show you that you can compete with these guys. Now, if you would have done that to me in eighth and ninth grade, I don't think my mind could have handled it. But as I was hit my growth in 11th and 12th, like I just, it, it, it worked out, but this is, it's not easy. This whole, all, I think it's like nine to 18 months. I think it really is all of a sudden the kid's like, yeah, I'm like, this is my mat. I'm, I'm going to dominate it. And it's like, wait, Where'd that come from? Confidence grow, but I think he still in some way believes that, but you don't understand those guys are huge. So, but I think, um, you know, somewhat he's like, Hey, well, what if I certify at the lower weight, but then I kind of gradually move up. And then um, I think his goal, which I, I would be okay with is if, if he was wrestling 145 this year, I think, I think that would be good. I don't think there's a need for him to go all the way back down to 138 again. Um, yeah, and if he's still growing even an inch, that's that's going to be on. The, so where you're thinking, hey, let's go finish. You're so close to finishing that double. Like, here's let's watch the film on where your foot was when you try to explode back to your to your feet. Um, and they, they don't even want to because they're thinking about how hungry they are. <laughs> Right, like if you actually just clean up some small, the difference at the highest level is technique. 
everybody can train. Everybody can work out. I bet. Once you get to the highest level, it's technique. And yeah. it's funny. I've heard that because um, I had Machiavello and Mike Mock on months ago. And, uh, you know, in high school, he was just killing people, right? And then when he got to NC State, because he was the biggest, baddest guy anymore, it didn't matter. And he really had to, he said he had to go, go back and get wrestling smart. And, and then obviously the rest is history. He's doing pretty good now. Right. But, yep. um, um, but yeah, he talked about that a little bit, but yeah, I, you know, I'm sure Daniel will come along and, and whatever, but, um, but yeah, I, I see, I definitely, I definitely see that. Cause I've said that a lot of times too. I'm like, you still think you're 12, but you're not, you're going to be 15. You're tall. No, and um, first of all, I'm like, what the hell do you want to be at 138 anymore? That fucking place that's, is. That's way, yeah, 45 is. Where we went this year, it was deadly. Like every bracket was full. What the hell do you want to be there for? Like, I'd be wanting to eat to get to 160. <laughs> 138, 145, I think, are the most loaded um, weights in the country. Yeah, uh, where we went. But, yeah, and if, if you guys, I know I want to wrap this up, but if you guys were ever, of course, you go skiing in like Lake Placid or something, you come into Albany and you want to like do something, you got a spot. Man, so. I, for sure. I, you know, I, I want to get up there. I know my, my uncle is out in, um, in New Jersey right there in Princeton, and he's been asking to have us come up for the camp. And uh, we were going to do that this summer. And then, you know, some little pandemic happened, but uh, we couldn't make it. But Definitely, I want to get up there for sure. I want to travel around and, and meet everybody. But, uh, man, I appreciate it. I, we could talk forever, but uh, yep. got to run. Thanks, right, man. Yes, sir. Yes.